Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your one and only host, Monica. I hope you guys are doing well today. So today is Wednesday, and usually on Wednesdays I don't try and like do um, a review. I try to do like kind of a fun little podcast that's a little less structured and a little more just like free-flowing talk. And today we are going to be talking about TV shows that I would like to review but they're too long. These are some of my favorite TV shows that I really enjoy and love and hold dear to my heart but they are so long that it takes a lot of like research and re-watching and writing in order to create a somewhat outline so that I can review it in a podcast format and even if I were to review it or try to review it it would take a long time and the podcast episode would be really long so instead I'm just giving you a list of tv shows that are really long and I really like and I would like for you to watch also if this is your first time listening to the podcast hi my name is Monica and this is kind of like a podcast where I talk about tvs and movie shows that I've been meaning to watch or I've been meaning to talk about, but I don't really talk to people about, like, TV and movies, because I'm kind of a nerd, and, like, when I talk about stuff, I get really excited about it, so I decided to make a podcast so I'd have a format to talk about the things that I really like. And this isn't, like, a review podcast. I'm not someone who knows a lot about, like, TV and movies. I don't know a lot about, like, how to describe the actions of the characters. I do a lot of reading of other people's articles, and I take from what other people say, because my brain, like, you know head empty thoughts are none none to be found like no thoughts to be found but um yeah this is basically a fun little podcast that I do to talk about movies and tv shows I'm often late to the party this isn't also this isn't going to be a podcast where like I talk about things the day after they come out or like the week after they come out I'm never up to date I never follow trends I never watch a movie on Netflix right when it comes out I wait like a month after everyone else stops caring about it and then I talk about it that's how I roll that's how I operate so today I'm going to be talking about tv shows that are way too long to um review now a lot of these tv shows have a lot of seasons to them only one of them on the list has like one season but this show but that show is so like expansive and um it's so complicated that if I were to sit down and try to review it, it would take hours. And I've tried to um, record a podcast about that show, but it takes a while. But before we get to that one, let's go down our list. So the first show I want to talk about is Supernatural. Now, you may have never heard of Supernatural, but this show was kind of my childhood. Not really my childhood. I was really into it in middle school, so I wasn't that much of a child at that time. But I really liked the show. I got super into it when a friend of mine, Katie, she told me that she liked to watch it. And I knew that I watched the show because I had caught episodes of it on the WB, but I hadn't watched it like episode by episode by episode. And I basically just like watched reruns of it on TNT. But eventually in high school, I started like dedicating myself to rewatching the show and, you know, getting back into it and everything. And the show is really good. It's amazing. I love the show and I hold it dear to my heart but after a while I kind of got tired of the show and I stopped watching it and this year was supposed to be the year that it ended because last year they announced that the 15th season was going to be the last and final season of Supernatural and there's always this joke on Tumblr and just in the Supernatural fandom that Supernatural lasts forever and that it would never end and that the show would cast um, the main actors Jensen Ackles and Jerry Padalecki's children to play 
Sam and Dean, who are the main characters of the show. And looking back back at it, I realized that, like, the obsession with this show is is not that healthy, really. So let's talk about Supernatural. Supernatural is a show, um, it revolves around these two guys, Sam and Dean Winchester, their brothers, and when they were young, their mom died in a house fire. Now, how did their mom die exactly? Well, their mom went to go check on the brother Sam, and then the mom was pinned to the ceiling by a demon, and she was burned on the ceiling, and then the house burned down, and their dad saved the two boys, and then the dad taught them how to hunt supernatural things because they were looking for the thing that killed their mom. And eventually when Sam was older, he went off to Stanford because he didn't want to be a hunter and Dean stayed with his dad and one day Dean finds Sam at Stanford and Dean's like Sam dad's been missing for a while and you know he went on a co- like what is the line exactly I think the line's like so dad went on a hunting trip and he's been missing for a couple days like something like that so Sam leaves his life behind in Stanford and his girlfriend Jessica to go hunt with Dean and at first he doesn't want to, but then his girlfriend dies the same way that his mom does. So they go looking for their dad and the thing that killed Jess and mom. And truly in the first couple seasons, like the the first and second season is more like a monster of the week. Where they hunt down vampires, they hunt down demons, they hunt down ghosts, they hunt down like Bloody Mary. Like they go after, um, you know, like urban legend kind of monsters and I think that season three, season three is like the most creative season of Supernatural because each episode is kind of like super meta and funny and interesting. The show is very serious and scary at times, but it doesn't take itself too seriously and it's really funny. And eventually season four, they enter like biblical area where it's like the end of the world and the 66 steals and the apocalypse and lucifer and michael and god and all this stuff and the end of the world and how sam and dean are supposed to save the world and then i think after season five the show was supposed to end and they enter season six and the show just kind of like changes it really does take a nosedive and i'm not really going to give you like the full rundown of the show and everything that happens but I've watched every single episode of Supernatural a couple times over and there are definitely problems with the show and that's mainly because most of the writers are men, white men, and you know there's problems in diversity because many of the people of color in the show are either like villains or they're not in the show as much and they're used as pawns and they die terrible deaths and aren't properly mourned. And they did introduce a gay character into the show, but that didn't last. I'm sorry. There will be spoilers. Just want to let you know, by the way. Uh, there will be spoilers for a lot of the shows I will be talking about. Should just mention that earlier, my bad. But the show in it... Oh, no. It was a good show for what it was. Because it was kind of the only show doing what it was doing. And I think that with the show ending... It's good to let it go because a lot of people have attached themselves to the show and like creative an identity around the show. And I'm really glad that I let it go in college because it wasn't, it didn't give me joy, you know. And it's okay to like let the show go and like let it end. A lot of people were upset by it, but 
the actors need to like move on you know like Misha Collins he plays Castiel and a lot of people don't like Castiel because they would rather the show be about Sam and Dean but Castiel's a great character and he's really strong and amazing and interesting but over the course of the show the writers just didn't know what to do with him anymore and they made him weak and they kept like bringing him down and kept having Sam and Dean forget about him and that's really unfair to him and also to Misha Collins as an actor because he's a great actor and he's a hard worker and he's an amazing part of the cast but hopefully when the show's over he will be recognized for his talents elsewhere because he really does deserve that and Justin Ackles who plays Dean Winchester truly is an amazing actor phenomenal um there are conventions that the show does that fans go to often and I have never been to a convention this year I thought it was my year to go to a convention but that's not going to happen with COVID and everything else but Justin Ackles, he's an amazing actor, and he also released an album this year with Radio Company. It's a great album. You guys should definitely listen to it. He's so talented, and I really do love him so much. And apparently he has, like, he has had multiple offers from Marvel to be in their movies, and he keeps turning them down. For what? To drive around in a rinky-dinky, um, 69 Impala, Chevy Impala, and, like, goof around on set and say son of a bee on a CW TV show that's ridiculous I, I can't wait for this show to like end like end end that way this man can like move on and honestly he was asked to play um what's the guy's name uh Jeremy Renner plays him uh Arrow no not Arrow what's the guy's name uh Hawkeye Hawkeye yeah Apparently Marvel wanted him to pl wanted him to play Hawkeye, and although I would have rather Hawkeye be played by a deaf actor because Hawkeye is deaf, Justin Ackles playing Hawkeye would have been so much better than Jeremy Renner, and that's something I think about often, and I think about it in sadness. So yeah, but Supernatural, honestly, probably not sure I would review because. Although I like the show, I loved the show at one point, and it really did mean a lot to me. And because it's ending, I am very sad. But it has to end at some point. Like, all good things have to come to an end. And Supernatural has run the gamut where it's not good anymore. It's bad. And the characters don't move on. There's no character development. They still do the same things over and over every season. You push Castiel to the side. You bring in the angels, Sam and Dean are mad at each other, they don't really forgive each other, they lie to each other, people get hurt, someone is like, it's, it's too much, you know, and they've run out of plot points and they keep killing off important characters that people really like and enjoy and it's unfair, in my opinion, and really, if y'all are going to end the show, just end it, just let it go and let it rest, because there is a show I really like called Winona Earp. That I feel like embodies what Supernatural used to be. But in a fresher, more fun perspective. And Supernatural was going to have a spinoff called Wayward Sisters. Surrounding the female characters of the show. Um, Sheriff Jody Mills. Sheriff Donna S Smalls, I think. And then Claire. Who like... Okay, so in the show with the angels. The angels take on human vessels but the human vessels have to say yes and Jimmy Novak was the vessel that Castiel took and Jimmy Novak left Jimmy Novak quotations left behind his um daughter and wife 
And so Claire saw Castiel take away her father. And so Claire kind of turned out to be a bad kid. But then she becomes a character in the show. And then there's Alex, who's also a character who was like a body bag for vampires. And Jody took Alex in. And then there's Patience, who was the daughter of a fortune teller that Sam and Dean saw in season one. And then there was another girl... I'm so sad I forgot her name, but she was super cool in like season 13 or 14. And it was going to be Wayward Sisters. They had an episode written about it that was meant to be like a kind of pilot to submit to the CW. And fans were really excited about it and I was really excited about it and I really wanted it to happen. But the CW said no because they wanted Supernatural to focus on Sam and Dean. And then they said yes to another show about ghost hunting that was essentially very similar to the Wayward Sisters plot. So there's that. It makes me really sad that Wayward Sisters didn't happen because it just like highlights the problem in Hollywood how like people rather have like male-led action shows than have women leading the gamut and it's really upsetting. It sucks honestly. I really wish that Wayward Sisters happened. Like I really wish it was a really solid spin-off show because then we would have something to transfer the fan base too after Supernatural ends but I hope that when Supernatural does eventually end which I'm very glad it is going to people start watching Winona Earp because that show is phenomenal it's funny it's interesting it's super cool it's amazing and it deserves the ratings that Supernatural has been getting all these years so yeah the next show I want to talk about is Doctor Who. Yes, this is basically me just ranting about TV shows I liked when I was a kid and was obsessed with because I was definitely a Tumblr kind of girl. But Doctor Who is the next show I want to talk about. And you guys have probably heard of Doctor Who, but you probably have no idea what it is. And if you don't know what Doctor Who is, you're, you're probably normal, honestly. So Doctor Who is a British TV show it's about the adventures of a Time Lord called the Doctor, who is an extraterrestrial, and they, by all appearance on the outside, they are human. And the Doctor explores the universe in a time-traveling spaceship called the TARDIS. The TARDIS is an acronym that means Time and Relative Dimension in Space, which is notably, which notably appears much larger on the inside than it does on the outside, which is a quality referred to dimensional transcendentality, and it exterior exterior appears to be a blue police bo- a blue British police box, which was a common sight in Britain in 1963 when the show premiered, and it used to be able to like be like a chameleon and like disguise itself, but at some point in the beginning of the show, like the early early seasons of the show in like the 70s something happened and now it's just a British police box forever and the show was on for a long time in the 60s and the 70s and then it ended and then there was a revival season in 2005 with Christian Eccleston coming in as the ninth doctor and I had to say Christian Eccleston I love him and I thought he was amazing as a doctor the ninth doctor I thought he was phenomenal I'm really sad he only got one season I know they were just like testing it out and everything but he was really great as the ninth doctor and I understand like he did an interview recently where he talked about how he doesn't really look back at the doctor in the loving way that a lot of other people do because he had was dealing with um, eating disorders at the time so his body and his mind was going through a lot of turmoil but if Christian Eccleston ever comes back as the doctor in any sort of form I would be so happy because I love him so much and I think he's an amazing actor so Doctor Who. The show 
is about the doctor, he, he they, because they introduced a female doctor in the 13th season. After all these years, they finally bring in a female doctor, oh my gosh. And basically the doctor goes from planet to planet, universe to universe, in time and space, and um, helps people in need, stops uh, planets from exploding, and they do it with the help of a companion. And they usually do it with a little device called the sonic screwdriver, which really helps them out in certain situations. I think at one point the doctor turned the sonic into sunglasses, which was a terrible idea and I hated it so much. But the real reason why I won't review Doctor Who is because like so many people love Doctor Who. It's a huge part of British culture and I'm not British, obviously. And some people love Doctor Who and they're obsessed with it and it's a big part of people's childhood and I get it and I have like my own shortcomings with the doctor because first of all everyone loves David Tennant as a doctor and I do too because David Tennant is amazing as the 10th doctor and his like all the episodes that he did with um I think Russell T Davis was the writer they are phenomenal and beautiful and frankly they did not re get the recognition that they deserved because Matt Smith is like the first doctor to be nominated for a BAFTA, which doesn't make sense because the 11th doctor is the worst doctor. He is. He's not interesting. I don't like him. He's too weird. He's too quirky. And also, I don't like Matt Smith's face, which is really mean, but like, can you- I'm not gonna- we don't have to go there, but like, I feel like David Tennant as a doctor was someone who- oh my gosh, he truly just did that, okay? If you guys do- um, end up watching Doctor Who, which you should. It's really great. It's on HBO Max now, which is really cool. It's also on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it, but Doc David Tennant really does embody the Doctor in so many ways of being hopeful and being brash and being inspiring and being thoughtful and being intelligent and being kind and just trying his very best to save the world in every situation that he can. And I love Doctor Who. I think it's an amazing show. I think every single episode of Doctor Who is a whirlwind of possibilities and it's different in every single episode and it does really captivate you and take you in. It's a phenomenal show. It has great writing. The show does have problems with the way it treats women because many times the companions are women because like, you know, we all understand. And as as great of a writer Stephen Moffat is with like Doctor Who and also Sherlock, his ego can also be his shortcoming because there is a season where um it's Matt Smith and he has a companion Jenna Coleman and I love Jenna Coleman I think she's a really great actor I think she's a, she's really amazing but the season with Matt Smith and Jenna Coleman wasn't as good in my opinion because I feel like they kind of set her up to be a bit ditzy and when Peter Capaldi came in as the 12th Doctor he is phenomenal. I love that he's Scottish. He's so Scottish. And he's kind of dreary and cynical. And he's not as hopeful as um, David Tennant's doctor is. And Matt Smith's doctor is just like a little over the place. I feel like Matt Smith's doctor is a lot more essential to the plot of Doctor Who. Because that's where they really explore like 
who he is, his past, his name. They explore like all kinds of different parts of the Doctor and Gallifrey and Time Lords in general are explored through um, Matt Smith's season, which I think is amazing and beautiful and a great way to like build up to who the Doctor is and build him as a character. I, f I recognize that that's important, but I was just like, I was just so interested in like Matt Smith and the Ponds season. I, I don't know. I like Amy Pond and Rory. I think Rory's very relatable. And I think it's cool that he has two companions, Amy and Rory. I thought they were really great and like very interesting. And I love River Song. I love River Song with all my heart. River Song is another um, companion that the Matt Smith as a doctor had. I don't remember which season exactly, but she was phenomenal and amazing. And I love her dearly. But I just wasn't a fan of the Matt Smith season, and I kind of skipped over some of the episodes, and I just like, and when I got to Peter Capaldi, I really liked him better because of how brash he is and how he kind of hates everything, and I really related to that. And around, I think it was like season 10 of Doctor Who, I'm not sure exactly, there was a season where, um, what was it? What was it? Oh! There was a season with the, where she they finally had like another black companion because my brain is just not working right now and I'm very sorry about that but um sorry okay so there was after Doctor Who okay season one in two thousand five. It was Christian Eccleston and Billy Taylor, Tyler, Billy Tyler, I believe, who played Rose Tyler. So her name isn't Billy, Billy Piper, my bad. Billy Piper and Christian Eccleston. And Christian Eccleston was a doctor and then he regenerated at the end of season one. And regeneration is basically when the doctor gets so hurt that he cannot heal properly. So his body literally turns him into a different person. And he is regenerated into David Tennant. And David Tennant and Billy Piper were like an iconic duo as the doctor and his companion. And after um, Billy Piper had to stop being the doctor's companion, he then took on Martha Jones, who was a doctor in training. And I love Martha Jones. I thought she was amazing. But the 10th Doctor was so hung up over Rose and sat over Rose and Rose, 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 that he didn't recognize Martha's skills, Martha's talent, Martha's tenacity, Martha's spontaneity. He didn't recognize how amazing she was as a companion, so she left because he wasn't... Also, she liked him, of course, because like David Tennant, he's super attractive, and she left because he didn't reciprocate her feelings, but he also didn't appreciate her as a person, and he didn't like respect her and show her the attention that she deserved and we keep moving on Ooh, then there's donna i love donna i love donna as a companion she's so funny and hilarious like Catherine tate is a queen and the fact that she didn't get a bafta nomination for donna doesn't make any sense also i think it's her dad or her grandpa i don't know he is a king in his own right he is an icon iconic okay i love him and it makes me really sad when David has to leave as a doctor. Like, I genuinely cried. And then there's Matt Smith. I didn't like him. I think I didn't like him because he was after David. But maybe it's just like, I don't like his acting. 
I don't like him as a person. I don't know, because I've seen him in other stuff and I don't like his acting in those things either. And it does make me upset that he won he got nominated for a BAFTA when David Tennant was like right there, killing the game, but sure, whatever. Matt Smith. Um, after Matt Smith was Peter Capaldi, and then Peter Capaldi had Jenna Coleman as his companion. And I really like Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi because they were a dynamic duo killing the game doing the thing like I really loved it and then Peter Capaldi it was Peter Capaldi and it was the the companion's name is Billy I remember Billy Potts I don't remember the um actress's name but I'm looking her up right now and I loved Billy Potts so much Pearl Mackey Pearl Mackey was um <clears throat> excuse me Pearl Mackey was the actress who played the fictional character Bill Potts. I'm really upset because she was black and she was queer and she was funny and amazing, but she didn't. She only lasted one season, which really felt unfair because I really liked her character and I hope that she does come back. And then after Peter Cabaldi, it was Jodie Whittaker. And I have to say, the newest season, like, the season, I think it was season 11. Season 11 of Doctor Who, I believe that's what it was. It wasn't the best season, I have to say. Now, I did watch it all the way through, and I feel like a lot of people didn't like it as much because I feel like it was a bit more political. And that is due to the fact that um, Chris Chibnall, who worked with Jodie Whittaker on Broadchurch, he was the writer and executive producer of season 11 I it was you know Doctor Who isn't really a political show doesn't really like dip into like those topics that much only in like certain lines and areas sometimes but season 11 was very very PC and I feel like season 12 was a lot it felt a lot more like the Doctor, the Doctor seasons, it felt a lot more like a David Tennant kind of Doctor Who season. And I feel like season 12 was a lot better. And I I understand season 11 is what it is. And I feel like Jodie Whittaker having like three different companions is kind of cool and interesting. And I really like um, Bradley Walsh, Man Mandip Gill, and Tosin Cole. I love them all. I think they're amazing. They're phenomenal as a group. They really do work well together. So, yeah, that's basically all my thoughts on uh, Doctor Who. Let's move on to the next show. I'm, let me check. I'm talking too much. I need to keep moving. Alright, let's move on to Shameless. So, I'm sure you guys have heard of the show Shameless. It is a show on Showtime. It is a show that focuses on the Gallagher family that live in Chicago. It surrounds a poor dysfunctional family and their father Frank is a drug addict and he's never around to take care of them so they're essentially raised by Fiona who is the sister the oldest sister and then there's Lip Philip Gallagher who's a pretty smart kid but you know he gets into trouble sometimes there is Liam no Liam Liam is the youngest kid and he's like the only black character which I think, okay, interesting, maybe, but, alright, whatever. Listen, like, I love Shameless, I do, I think it's in a phenomenal show. 
It's also Showtime's longest running show and I've watched every single episode of Shameless. It has like, it's into its 10th, I think it's into its 11th season right now and I think it's going to be the last season. And it made me really sad when Fiona Gallagher left after season 9, Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum plays Fiona Gallagher and I love Fiona. I think she is so phenomenal and strong and she's a great like she's a great character but it made me really upset when I found out that Emmy Rossum was getting paid less than um William H. Macy who plays Frank on the show which doesn't really make sense because William H. Macy is rarely in the show and whenever he's in the show he's just doing stupid stuff to try and get money so he can buy drugs or he can buy alcohol it's ridiculous and Emmy Rossum carries the show on her back as the character Fiona Gallagher who carries the family on her back because she cares about those kids she is amazing she is strong she is super awesome it is a dark comedy it does bleed into drama a lot of times and the show is amazing it's super great the family is extremely dysfunctional but they come together in the best kind of ways and I feel like this show is kind of like the only show that really shows what it's like to be poor and that being poor isn't something that is like far from you it's something that you can recognize with the people that live like right next to you in the same neighborhood as you and I think the show is really great it does get some things wrong about like money like when the kids need a lot of money for something they just like call rich relatives or they sell a lot of drugs which isn't something that a lot of people really go through, but I really do love the show. I do have a problem with the fact that the show is um, set in Chicago, and there are only two black characters in the show, and one of them was a kid. One of them is Liam Gallagher, who is a child, who was played by twins at one point, and then they switched out the kids for like an older Liam, who actually like talks and isn't kindergarten and it's kind of weird because there's no the, the jump from the kid Liam to like this talk walking talking child Liam is a bit of a jump and there isn't really a jump in the series to reflect that but whatever I'm not in charge of the show so all in all the show is pretty great it's hilarious it's super interesting and it doesn't hold anything back uh you guys should definitely check it out all the seasons are on Netflix right now, and it's really good. I think that they were going to film the what, 11th season, but they paused the filming due to coronavirus. But uh, yeah, that's basically my thoughts on Shameless. So the next show I want to talk about is BoJack Horseman. Now, BoJack Horseman, undeniably one of the best shows on television. It is a Netflix original show. It follows... Bojack Horseman. Bojack is a former 90s star. He is a walking, talking horse. One thing that I do like about the show is that it has humans and animals like living next to each other. And it's weird, but it just kind of seems like a normal thing with the show. And the show is, uh, it reflects on Hollywood and the movie industry and Bojack, he was a big star in the 90s. He was on this show, Horsing Around, which is kind of like a... Which is supposed to kind of be like, um... Funhouse? Funhouse? Is that what it's called? Funhouse? The one with uh, John Stamos, that show? It's supposed to be like that show. It's 
Horsing Around is about a bachelor who raises orphan kids and he was famous but now he's a famous has-been and he just lives in this big mansion with his friend Todd Chavis and the first season of the show is basically like Bojack dealing with like his addiction, marinating in self-pity and there are six seasons of the show the sixth is the last one, and they split it up into two parts, and they released the second part in the January beginning of this year. And I did watch the first part of the sixth season, and I do have to say, I really do like the show. I think it's amazing. It's one of the only shows that really does handle addiction in an honest way and depression, because even though Bojack is considered an anti-hero to a lot of people... I don't like Bojack, even though I relate to him a lot. I feel like Bojack shows the complex, dark side of ourselves, and we really do get to know him and his relationship to other people. You know, there's this character, Mr. Peanut Butter, who is basically Bojack's opposite, who was also on a show in the 90s called Mr. Peanut Butter's House, and he's this yellow Labrador who's super enthusiastic and happy all the time, and he has this wife, uh, Diane, who is kind of like repulsed by Mr. Peanut Butter and she's a writer or she wants to be a writer and Diane is going through her own crisis and I really do like Diane's character as a whole and I have to say like Diane the character is Vietnamese and she's voiced by Alison Brie who is white and recently Alison Brie like stepped out and said that she was uh, sorry about voicing the character even though the show's over now so like you already got cast your checks and moved on and that's just like a problem that like white people have, you know, because when you're casting an animated show, oftentimes people just cast white people as any character because white is seen as the everyman, you know, and they don't think it matters if a white person voices a black act character or if a white person voices an Indian character, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's just animation. It's TV. Who cares? Well, the people of those ethnicities care and it matters to them. And of course, it would have been better to hire a Vietnamese actress to play that character role because, you know, diversity and giving people a chance and everything. But that's not something that people really think about or care about and they don't think it really matters. And now in this mode of like, I don't know, reckoning or whatever in Hollywood, people are stepping out and they're apologizing. But why would you apologize for a character you've already played and cast your checks for? There's nothing you can change. There's nothing you can do now. So I feel like her apology was just... I feel like she just did it because it was the right moment to do it. But it's stupid. And honestly, I'd rather her, like... Instead of opening up your notes app, open up that wallet and donate some money to a bail fund, okay? No one wants to hear your apology, but that's just my opinion on it. But that is relevant. Let us continue with the review. Now... Bojack Horseman is a really great show. It's very funny. It's very dark in a lot of ways. And it's hard for me to root for Bojack a lot of times because he always disappoints people and he's just like a bad guy a lot of the time. And the show doesn't glamorize him or excuse his actions, but they do make him vulnerable and they show you every single side of his story so that you understand why he acts the way that he does. You know, it shows his really bad childhood and how he turns to addiction to run away from his problems and his hate and how he literally runs away sometimes. And a lot of times Bojack messes up and he does terrible things 
because of the way that he feels about himself and he hurts people whether it is people in his professional life people in his personal life and he hurts people emotionally and physically as well I remember there's this one um this is a little bit of a spoiler but there's this one point where Bojack is signed on to a show and the show oh gosh I think I wrote down what the show is called Filbert I think it is the show is called Filbert and I feel like it was like the creator of Bojack Horseman the creators of Bojack Horseman they wrote in Filbert like the show Filbert as a way to kind of comment on their own show because a lot of people watch Bojack Horseman and they feel like it is a way like Bojack is like they watch the show so that they can rationalize their own behavior because a lot of people watch the show and they look up to Bojack and they relate to him but those people who really like relate to him are often people who either deal with their own problems in addiction and depression or they're terrible people and they look up to Bojack and you're not supposed to look up to him you're supposed to look at him and see the things that he does and how he hurts people even though he's a complicated human being and he's not perfect as we are all not perfect Bojack does terrible things and he has to take responsibility for his actions but he never does that he never really like makes changes or becomes a different person or seeks out help you know and tries to be better and he feels like his addiction helps hide how awful he is and he blames it on his past and he blames it on his drinking problem and his opioid addiction but if he actually like looked into why he's so repulsive and all of his misdeeds maybe he could change and be better and be different and I feel like honestly like I haven't finished Bojack I haven't watched the second um part of the last season because I am scared that he will be given a redemption arc but I haven't seen any spoilers on the show and I feel like something else happens in the end but I'm not entirely sure and I think that I might review this show and do like a full-fledged podcast talking about how I feel about Bojack and like his relation to um, men in Hollywood and how men are constantly given second chances no matter what they do no matter what they do what no matter what they have done and owning up to your actions and like really changing your ways I feel like I may do a podcast fully reviewing it but we'll have to wait and see but if you want to check out the show and like watch it you definitely should it's really great but one point I did want to talk about in the show this is a bit of a spoiler but when when Bojack is on the show Filbert he ends up strangling his co-star who he is also sleeping with and it's kind of brushed under the rug and she acts like it's all fine but I remember in season six in the first part she can't really the actress Gina who was Bojack's co-star she can't really act in another uh, role she's in a new movie and she's hesitant and she's she just isn't like giving it her all because of the trauma that she dealt with in her previous role and so the director that she's working with now talks to another director and says that she's difficult to work with so that director who was looking to hire her won't hire her anymore and now people in the industry will say that she's difficult and that's how it all works that's how it all happens you know women who speak up and stand up for themselves in the industry and use their voice and are tough or maybe they're vulnerable and they're quiet and they're not they're hesitant in their work they're, diff- they're labeled as difficult and hard to work with because you're either too sure of yourself and your skills that you intimidate people 
or if you're dealing with the trauma of something that happened to you earlier and you don't know how to deal with it and fix it and you can't take the time to deal with it and fix it because you work in Hollywood and it's a fast-paced industry and if you don't take another role, another gig, you'll be forgotten about and left behind. So you have to keep working to keep food on the table, but that's, it's show, it just, it's a shame, you know, because the character Gina is just reflective of so many women in Hollywood and what they have to go through. And another, that's another thing I like about the show. It doesn't focus on Bojack. It focuses on the other characters as well. The other characters in the show and the other people and their backstories. You know, Bojack has an agent, Princess Caroline, who is who was his on-again, off-again girlfriend. And Princess Caroline is a 40-ish workaholic who wants to have a child and be married. But she also wants to succeed and she wants to have it all. But what is the cost of what's the cost of having it all? And I love her character and I love who she is as a person and I really relate to Princess Caroline. I think she's really amazing. And then there's Todd Chavez who is Bojack's uh roommate who is very quirky and funny. He goes on all these adventures and he does kind of stupid stuff, but I love him and he's so wonderful. And at first he just keeps seeing like like the comic relief of the show when Bojack gets a little too dark and get a bit too harrowing, you switch over to what Todd is doing and now he's acting like an idiot. But in the latter seasons of the show, they've explored Todd's sexuality and he came out as asexual. And I think that's so great and amazing because you don't see a lot of asexual representation in media. So Todd being asexual and like just living his best life and trying to be better, it's really cool. However, in season five, Todd starts dating this girl who's also asexual and he met her at like an asexual group meeting he found online. And she comes from a family that's very sex positive so it's really hard for her to like open up with her family about it so eventually she and Todd come out to her family as asexual and then the show presents a cue card and the cue card's like 30 minutes after meaningful conversation and then they just transfer and then they just like shift over to another scene where Todd and his girlfriend are in a car driving away from the dinner which is so stupid like there are so many things that the show has covered. Addiction, suicide, like past trauma. There are so many things that this show has done. There's an episode where the show is literally silent and Bojack is just underwater and he cannot speak or talk. You can't hear him at all. There are so many risks that this show has taken and you cannot try to come up with one scene, right, a bit of dialogue talking about what it is to be asexual and how that relates to your life and your like role as a person and how you feel and dating and sex and marriage and all that stuff. You can't, you can't, you can't write a scene. Oh, it's lazy. It's lazy and it's a cop out and it's stupid. It's ridiculous because I watched, I watched what five seasons of the show and that's the one thing that's the one line you won't cross really out of all the things i've seen in the show that's the one thing you can't do right a thoughtful meaningful discussion on asexuality okay whatever sure but uh yeah um you guys should definitely watch bojack horseman it's it's an awesome show it's amazing and it's really great and if you want me to do an episode reviewing Bojack, I will definitely do it. So the next show I want to talk about is Watchmen. Watchmen is the show I was talking about earlier, the one with the one season. And I would love to do an, a, a podcast episode reviewing Watchmen. But the show is so extensive. 
And it truly is one of my favorite news shows on TV. But because it's so extensive and like complicated and just like complex, it would be very hard to talk about it. Uh, essentially, the show Watchmen is on HBO and it's based off of the comics written in the 80s by Alan Moore by the same name. And the comics from the 80s, it questions the idea of superheroes and there's a smiley on the cover of Watchmen and the smiley represents, the smiley face essentially, the smiley face uh, represents the optimism of being a hero but there's a splash of blood on the smiley face and that splash of blood represents the complications of morality. And the Watchmen comic books, the story is based in an alternate timeline where superheroes exist, but they don't have superpowers. There's only one superhero that has superpowers, and that is Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan started out as a scientist who was the son of a watchmaker, and he was doing this experiment, and he went to this chamber, basically, and the chamber split up his atoms, and when he came out, his atoms rebuilt him, and then he became this kind of all-knowing, all-seeing blue man who never wears pants. And he can see time before in the past, present, and future. He experiences time in the past, present, and future at all times. And he's like the most powerful man alive. And then there's a hero called the Comedian who does the dirty work for the government. And then there's Silk Spectre who, the first one, she was basically like a sex symbol. And then she has a daughter who essentially is following in her mother's footsteps and her mother is treating her becoming a costume vigilante like you know moms treat their toddlers in pageants it's essentially like that and these superheroes they um they all fight crime and the comics start in 1977 i believe when senator keen he passes a bill that bans vigilantes and only dr manhattan and the comedian are allowed to fight crime but it's only for the government and when the comics start the cold war is rising tensions and then there's another character rorschach and rorschach is also known as walter kovacs who is a homeless man and he essentially walks around with a sign on his shoulder like the end is nigh and he believes in like conspiracies and he eats beans and he breaks people's fingers and at the beginning of the comics um the comedian is killed and he believes that he knows who killed the comedian and there are these people that are out trying to take down these superheroes you know and kill them and we find out that the people who are trying to kill the superheroes is essentially Ozymandias. Ozymandias is another superhero he's a millionaire he was born a genius he was born with rich parents and when he got to 18 he donated all his money to charity to show that he could build himself from the ground up and he created this corporate empire selling action figures of himself and so Ozymandias has this god complex where he feels like he can end the cold war and save the world and Walter Kovacs who's also a Rorschach believes that he can stop Ozymandias he has this conspiracy that Ozymandias is going to try to end the world and the thing is, people don't believe Rorschach because he is an asocial, violent psycho, essentially. He hates society, and he sees everything as black and white. He reads a right-wing newspaper, and he's a terrible person. And he thinks that he, he sees the world as black and white, but honestly, he doesn't really. Because the Silk Spectre 2, 
the superhero she finds out that her mom was assaulted by the comedian therefore the comedian is her father and when silk specter went to rorschach when it first happened you know silk silk specter the first silk specter he doesn't do anything about it because he sees the comedian as the superhero and the comics are great they're amazing they're phenomenal they're, they're well written and alan moore is a legend you know and as much as i love the comic books i see i don't as much as I love the comic books, there are problems with that because Silk Spectre is the only female superhero in the stories, but you don't really get to know her or who she is. You know, you get to know Ozymandias as this rich man who is smart and has a god complex who wants to save the world, but at what cost? There's Dr. Manhattan who experiences the world in three separate time periods and he sees all things and he knows all things. But he refers to us all as puppets and that he's just a puppet who sees the strings. Um, there is Night Owl who is Silk Spectre's boyfriend and he does gadgets and he is someone who feels like he's just a loser and he can't fight crime anymore and he doesn't trust in the system and he's like he's down on his luck. And then there's Walter Kovacs who is a homeless man who breaks people's fingers and eats beans but you still see his humanity and his hurt and how he is simply just like a regular everyday man and then there's Silk Spectre and you don't really get to know her that much you don't really get to know who she is the only thing you really know about her is through her relationship with men you don't get to explore her as a character you don't get to know why she is the way that she is and I love the comics, don't get me wrong, I love the comics, the comics are amazing, and the show, the HBO show, is basically a continuation of the comics 30 years after the end of the comics and everything that has happened, and it follows um, Angela Abar, who is a police officer, and in this timeline, police officers have to hide themselves, because there was this event called the White Knight, where... Uh, this group of men were inspired by Rorschach in his journal and they're essentially like white supremacists that walk around in Rorschach masks and these men in Rorschach masks on Christmas Eve I don't remember what year it was exactly but they broke into police officers houses and they killed them in their sleep them and their partners and so Angela was one of the only people who survived the attack and now the police have to go underground and they have to wear masks and in order to protect the public and Angela is essentially trying to uncover a plot a conspiracy and the show is amazing you know it's a it's one of the best shows I've ever watched the opening scene of the show is the Tulsa race riot in 1921 where white citizens um collab collaborated with the police to kill black people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on a street that was known as Black Wall Street. And it follows this young boy who escapes and has to watch the city that he called home burn down. And he escapes with a little baby wrapped in an American flag. And we find out that that, man, that boy who escaped is Angela Abar's grandfather. And he wants to uncover a conspiracy, a plot that she is in the middle of that she cannot... If he were to unwrap it around her, her head would explode. And your head explodes as we watch the show. It is phenomenal, so well written, amazing. And a lot of people uh, were upset with the show because they feel like 
it isn't the same as the comics, which doesn't make any sense because the comics take place during the Cold War. And I feel like HBO's Watchmen is too political now and PC and all this other stuff. But when you have, like, the Watchmen comics talk about Vietnam, talks about Watergate, talks about the Cold War. The, the Watchmen comics talks about politics in its own right. Even though it doesn't talk about politics in terms of race, it's still talking about politics. And Watchmen HBO series talks about racism. It talks about the police and police brutality and how even though like Angel is a cop, these masks allow the cops to act without any regard and they act as vigilantes in themselves without a care in the world. Even though vigilante vigilantism is still banned in um, this timeline, the police themselves have become vigilantes because they wear masks and they take on these identities and they're able to brutalize people without any consequences. And even though there is an FBI agent that comes in to work with the police and like this FBI agent doesn't like the cops, the FBI has worked with the cops multiple, numerous times. And all in all, it's a great show. There are 10 episodes, I believe, nine, nine episodes. I think they're actually nine episodes. I have so many notes on this show and I would love to like do a breakdown of this first season because I believe there isn't going to be a second season, which does make sense. Because if you do watch the show, you'll see that like a second season isn't something that the show needs. It's perfect in the first season. It's honestly one of the most perfect seasons of television I've ever seen and ever watched in my life. But uh, you should definitely check it out. It's on HBO, obviously. And uh, definitely watch it. It's really great. I love it so much. So the next show that I want to talk about is Lucifer. Lucifer is one of my favorite new shows that I started watching it. it I started watching it on um, Netflix. And I'm very late to the Lucifer game. Uh, it's really great. And the main reason why I'm late to the Lucifer game is because I, myself, I'm Christian. And Lucifer is a show called Lucifer. You know, the show is based around Lucifer Morningstar, the devil, who abandons hell for Los Angeles and he runs his own nightclub and he becomes a consultant for the LAPD. And at first when I started watching the show, I'm like, okay, this seems kind of interesting, but kind of lame. It's not bad, honestly. Even though it got low ratings when it was on Fox, it's a really good show. And it's very funny and interesting and super cool and dark and just sexy. And it's really great. And Tom Ellis, he plays Lucifer Morningstar, and he's amazing. And the thing about the show, it's based off of a Neil Gaiman comic, and I love Neil Gaiman. There's also a show on um, Amazon Prime called Good Omens that's based off a Neil Gaiman book, which is really good. Good Omens. It's amazing. You guys have to watch it. Good Omens is phenomenal. But Lucifer is really great because uh, it's just really funny and interesting and it talks about morality and um it focuses on lucifer morningstar who was cast out of heaven for betrayal and he gets bored and unhappy as the lord of hell so he decides to leave his throne in defiance of his father and he goes to los angeles and he runs a nightclub called lux and the show is amazing there are so many like different celestial beings that come into the show and come into play and I love that Lucifer Morningstar is like in therapy in the show like he actually is in therapy and it's very funny and very sexy at times 
it's amazing. It's a really great show. My favorite character is Mazakeen. She is Lucifer's ally. She is Maze for short, and she is a demon who was his head torturer. And Leslie Ann Brandt, who plays Mazakeen, is amazing. I love her so much. I would give her the whole world if I could. And you guys should definitely check out the show. It's on Netflix. Um, I believe that the fifth season is already out should be out coming out soon i think that for the sixth season which is going to be the last season tom ellis isn't going to be playing um lucifer anymore which is very very sad and i i i don't i'm very sad that it's i thought the fifth season was going to be the last season but apparently they're going to re they renewed it for a sixth season which is going to be the final season and i think that the guy from vampire diaries is going to be playing lucifer i don't know his name i don't care i don't want to play lucifer i want to be tom ellis but obviously it makes sense that tom ellis is going to like step away from being lucifer because he has to film in los angeles and his family doesn't live there and he wants to be with his kids and that makes sense it also makes sense with, like supernatural because supernatural i love the show but uh fans of the show act like jensen and jared aren't married you know like they don't have babies and wives they want to be with you know because they filmed the show in canada but their families are in texas and their wives have to like raise these kids kind of on their own also misha as well misha has a wife and and children as well and they want to be with their kids and that's the one thing i'm grateful for with lockdown because even though they don't have even like within lockdown they can't like wrap up this filming and like end the show already we're still in like we're still we're basically in um we're basically in limbo with the with supernatural like the last season but now that we're in lockdown at least they could spend time with their kids and their wives and like just hang out and chill and not have to be on set all the time with one another like I'm sure they miss I'm, I'm sure like Misha and Jensen and Jared miss each other but like the fact that they get to hang out with her kids it's so sweet and so wonderful and I love it and I also love Tom Ellis and it makes me sad that he's not gonna play Lucifer anymore but it makes sense that he's going to take some time to be with his family because his family loves him and he should be with them and it's wonderful so yeah but um, definitely check out Lucifer. It's a really great show. It's amazing. I I love how I describe every show. It's like, oh, it's a great show. It's amazing. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I'm so stupid. Yeah. The next show I want to talk about and the last show I want to talk about is Parks and Rec. And Parks and Rec is truly one of my favorite comedy shows I've ever seen. In my opinion, Parks and Rec is better than The Office. You can literally fight me on it, but you're going to lose. It's phenomenal. And I love it. I'm so happy that it had seven seasons. Parks and Rec, if you never watched it, it's a sitcom. It's like kind of like a mockumentary that follows Leslie Nope, who runs the Parks and Rec Recreation Parks Department of Pawnee, which is a fictional town in Indiana. And I do love this show so much. I'm really glad that after like the first season, it kind of like moved, um, Leslie Nope to be a bit smarter because in the first season she wasn't she didn't seem as smart and I feel like the writing just wasn't there yet but of course it's the first season so I'm not gonna like hold anything against them but <sighs> Amy Poehler is amazing as the role of Leslie Nope and the show 
is funny. It's, I feel like it's a really sincere look into like mid-level politics and like local politics and like the work that you have to put in to make things happen. It's a really great show. It's super funny and sweet, endearing, sincere. It's one of my favorite shows. It's like my go-to show. It is the show I watch when I am sad and it makes me happy again. It picks me right back up and Ben Wyatt is really is one of my favorite actors. Ben Wyatt is not an actor. Who is it? Who is it? Dang it. Why am I like this? I keep forgetting people's names. Uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott plays Ben Wyatt and I love him so much and if you guys haven't watched um, Parks and Rec, definitely check it out. It's really awesome and uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That, the podcast where I just ramble on and on about TVs, TV shows and movies that I really like. Next week, I will have another episode for you on Monday. I think that next week I'm going to be talking about two different movies that I recently rewatched in quarantine because I have some thoughts on them and I will be sharing them with you. And then next Wednesday will be another episode kind of like this where I'm just talking about different movies and TVs and like different movies and TVs. Why am I like this? I think maybe next week I'm going to talk about movies that I hate that Rotten Tomatoes loves because I kind of hate Rotten Tomatoes. I don't feel like Rotten Tomatoes is not a good review site. Like it's not that great at telling people what they need to watch, you know? Anyways, thanks so much for listening to this episode. It means a lot to me. Uh, Please be sure to share this episode with your friends. If you like listening, feel free to subscribe, and if you have any movies or TV shows that you would like for me to talk about on this podcast, hit me up on I've been meaning to at gmail.com, and I will read over your suggestions, and I'll mull it over, and maybe I will make an episode. Thank you again so much. Thank you again, like, so much, guys, for checking <laughs>